0: Rachel okay. recently started can... watching Cody Ko a bunch after the Cody Ko drama. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. It's interesting because, like, I, I, it's a super. It's just something I've never really watched before. It's like you know how I'm, uh, uh like people have like the gay stereotype. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like it's a personality thing. Yeah. Cody Ko and Noelle Miller are like, if straight were a personality type. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. They are totally. the, some of the straightest guys. I've <laughs> never like. I, I remember, like I, it's not like I thought I had a lot, but I, like. That man is so straight. Yeah,
1: no, that's <laughs> it was, true.
0: It was kind of like a, I
2: remember um, seeing a post on Reddit at one point, um, just musing about how I met your mother, uh-huh. and it said something like uh, Neil Patrick Harris plays a straight man the way a straight man would play a gay man, which like he, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that they feel similar to me. Yeah, <laughs> but hmm. yeah, I like. I have, um, we were we showed John his stuff recently. It was one we one of watched, our
0: favorite commentary guys. We, we watched uh, like their entire series on the the Love Island mobile game. Oh, I forgot they did that I I anyways. It. Oh, I seen oh that it's, one. it's hilarious. It's the best thing they've ever done, I think. Probably. And they, that's because I've seen that in one other thing, so <laughs> I, I feel qualified <laughs> to say. Cody Ko
1: is like kind of hit or miss. Like all of his yeah. jokes are okay, but then he has some just like really great ones, and yeah, I'm like, think, okay, well, then I'll keep watching. I,
0: I enjoy him and I like and, and Noah Miller actually like almost a little bit better than Cody Ko. I found yeah. that I like them better together yes. than independently. Yeah. I, 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 I like actually I couldn't together. I couldn't stand Noah Miller for like more than 5 minutes on his own. It wasn't like he was bad, he was just boring.
1: I like Cody by Himself only because when they get together, they definitely drop their age total by about five years. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that makes so sense. So Cody's less funny by himself, but when you put him together, you get a lot more like middle school boy jokes. Yes. But. I guess I'm used to it.
2: My favorite individual ones are, um...
1: Have we started?
2: Drew Gooden. Yeah, we're rolling, by the way. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Oops All Tangents. Oh, this I didn't is, know that. <laughs> that's okay. So This is a totally fine Oops All Tangent. Okay, my, yeah. My favorite individual ones are... My personal favorite is Drew Gooden because he's a combination between
0: John Mulaney and John Stewart, who are some of my favorite people okay, in yeah, I, I, cause I, I thought like, I thought that was probably the case. <laughs> uh, right. My favorite is definitely Danny Gonzalez. My I can just kind of, like, I I, I get him. He's like this, like, hi, I'm non-threatening. Whee!
1: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, when his style is very, like, he's just kind of baffled by everything. Right, he's just (laughs) like, what is this? Uh, Her favorite is Leon Lush, who is probably my second favorite. So great. I've never
0: seen that in Damon ever. Oh, he's He's, amazing. He's 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 a a Joey-looking guy. He leans
1: absurdist.
0: Okay, I can can get behind
1: that. He is, unlike the other ones, he is not small or, like, squirrely, he is a huge, buff guy who kind of looks like he could kick your ass, but mm-hmm. really just wants to play guitar. He has like a wife and a baby. And do he, he does not, he doesn't attack anyone. Like, he oh. somehow manages to like criticize all kinds of different stuff without ever saying a negative word, even about terrible people.
0: That's he, super interesting. Yeah, yeah, he's
1: really impressive. And well, he's also, and then he leans absurdist and says just ridiculous I, I think things. I mentioned the other
2: day, I was like,
0: Wholesome is the wrong word to describe him, but I can't come up with a better one. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So this actually reminds me of my, my... You should just keep this in mind for later. I was discussing um, Metal Gear Solid with uh, Kirk. Yeah. And he's not, he, like, he said, I'm just not really into Kojima, which is a fair opinion, even if it's wrong.
1: <laughs> but he's like,
0: we were trying to like describe... Because like the deal with Kojima is his themes are great. His individual stories are, I believe, the technical term is batshit. Like it's like absolutely ridiculous and under, like you can't. So what it approaches, it's like an impressionist take on video gaming. Like if you look close, the brush strokes don't look like anything, but when you zoom out, it all kind of coalesces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hmm. just my, my 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 daily Metal Gear Solid tangent.
1: That's fair. He Leon Lush says things like, um, "Let's see, let's see if I can think of a good example."
2: He has a uh, monkey doll. Uh, next to him at all times. That yeah. that occasionally speaks. Its name wow. is Nigel.
1: Okay, yeah. Can we introduce <laughs> him like he matters? His name is Nigel, and he's a monkey doll. Jesus, Kyle, completely unacceptable. It's kind of weird. <laughs> it is super weird. I mean, completely unacceptable, borderlining like just just plain wrong, sure. and it works every time. He also
2: has an implied sexual relationship with the monkey. Yeah, okay. Alright, that's different. Imply as being very nice. No no no. It's not
1: it's not an implied sexual relationship. <laughs> he hates him. They're enemies. They're
0: that doesn't rule out
1: <laughs> It doesn't, no. Uh there is there is a sexual relationship there. But he does in fact hate them. I just thought Kyle made it sound too much like it was like a romantic thing. It is sure, in fact more, more of a this is more a, of an I, nemesis.
0: I get like this it it's it's you know, it's one of those great like writing truisms that hates another kind of love. It's just
1: Sure. I don't think that really sells him very very well, so I don't no, usually in I don't usually he's I don't religious. usually bring bring it up um because he's so much more than that. Well you like him. I think
2: it's important because otherwise it just happens when you're watching one of the videos and you don't know what to do.
1: That's the absurdest part. <laughs> But he is he is easily I think the best one not I've, only does he he does have that but he is also the nicest I think he's the funniest I think his editing is by far the best
2: no he does do yeah his editing's really good I, yeah. i've been I've been getting into the commentary stuff recently just because mm-hmm. I think it's the I don't know just it feels like the natural progression of like my <laughs> my YouTube interest at this point yeah um and they kind of inspired the one. You know, fireplace chat video I did, and some of the future stuff I'm going to be trying out a little bit.
0: I'm interested in this because this will eventually give way to uh, pros with con.
2: Yeah, no, I'm curious <laughs> to see what your what your version of this is, because we had there's a, the other two are, um, uh, Gus Johnson and Eddie Burbeck are also right. Who big. I've only ever seen like in
0: in combination like guest starring on other people's channels.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, because they all kind of know each other, I guess. That's like one weird little community right. of people that met up because I guess they do the same thing. Um, they're just like all in L.A., right? Like it's just. Everybody's all in LA. They're always in LA, which I don't get, and it's not. Con- I'm never gonna go to LA. <laughs> like I don't. I don't care how many people end up there. I'm not going. <laughs> it's a terrible place.
1: Uh, yeah. I uh, don't know. Quarter Digital's there.
2: I, they are again. Everyone I like is there, and I'm. I, I'd be happy to go like visit at some point to like meet up with people and do collaborations or something. But the, it's like the last place on earth that I would I, want to move and
0: live. I definitely like. I'm so much more interested in like northeast than southwest. Like I, I would much rather totally. be like in New York.
2: Yeah, if I had to pick, I would, I would use that too. They're
0: both lands of chaos, but for that's some right. reason, I, love, well, just, I mean, like probably, New York like, area is much more appealing to me. Technically, like personality wise, I probably fit more into the quote unquote like California lifestyle better. Probably, but you know that's also not like great for me. Maybe I should be around in a place where it's like, no, you have to do stuff, and be like, fine.
1: I would <laughs> probably pick California. Yeah. Probably.
2: I could see, but yeah, between the two, I could see you being better in California. I mean, they're both, they're
0: both unappealing, but between the two.
1: Yeah, I hate them both.
0: I I just, I just want to be, I just want to go places that aren't Texas. That's all. (laughs) Mostly.
1: Yeah. No, that's fair.
2: (laughs) We were talking about, um, potentially like trying a series. So, so the, the direction I'm sort of like planning on leaning in for the channel, Mm -hmm. um, which I don't know if this is. I don't know how much we've talked about, <laughs> like with the channel changes and stuff. Sure. Um, but this is only going to our our Patreon subscribers, so it's like it's fine because they should know. But we haven't yeah. really. Um, but yeah, we are we are leaning a little bit towards um, trying some different content. We're we're still planning on like putting out some more sketches this year, but I'm I'm moving toward uh, changing up some things, just to kind of in my life, and uh, it requires spending a little bit less time on videos and stuff. And the, it started with, um, we just kind of got everything we could out of the sketches. Just kind of realized at one point that we had like maxed out our ability on them. And so repeating it over and over is just kind of not really accomplishing much of anything. Like we're we're never going to get something new suddenly out of it. Like we know how many views they're going to get. We know how many, like we're not going to hit a million subscribers making sketches every single week. Um, so we just needed to adjust something. And so we're kind of like playing around still with with what to do with that. But the main thing I want to do is, um, is I think make it like, well, kind of like in the same spirit of this podcast of, of Superhero Chicken Fest, actually, where it's like it, the the slogan I've been using in my head to sort of like drive the theme of the things I'm coming up with is the art of fun. Like we like art mm. and we like doing it for the purpose of in like enjoying doing it. And so... I'd like to do like behind the scenes stuff on like here's how we do all of our our like really cheap VFX just with stuff you have lying around. I want to do like commentary stuff on, not commentary so much, but like video essays sort of on different writing principles. I, I I love to do like writing videos kind of talking about our perspectives on writing and maybe reviewing some things. Um one of the videos I want to do in the next couple of months actually is uh, you and me reading through the original
0: airsoft script. No. No, don't do that. No, no, no. No, no, no. Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't be able to find that ever again. I still have it. It's in my box. Ugh. It was bad. It was bad. It's okay. We'll we'll learn and we'll learn why I shouldn't be allowed near pens.
2: Um I but one of the one of the other things I thought of was it'd be really fun to um uh, like, interview other YouTubers that have done the same kind of things that we've done and just sort of, like, get video interviews done with them about, like, why they do the things that they do and how, like, they're, they've progressed through it and stuff because it would give us a great excuse to reach out to those people <laughs> that we haven't had yet and actually try to collaborate with them. We could travel to them. We could actually, like, visit a few different places and then we could get some content out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it would be something people would actually want to watch. It's kind of like, a, it's like yeah. a switching from playing to coaching. Kinda, yeah. A little bit. Well, and it's it's in service of I I have a bunch of stuff that I want to make that just isn't YouTube stuff. Yeah. You know, we have we I have a whole list of movies and TV shows and things that are, that have been slowly building over the last five years that we just can't uh, do if we have a full time job of making weekly video game sketches, um, and so. I I kind of want to take time to like actually get all those things on paper as scripts and then start working mm-hmm. on making those. Some of them might be on YouTube because we were talking about doing the uh, the
0: SCP series still. Oh yeah, that was I'm have super to be, into still. Yeah, that to be like free, free stuff. Right. Yeah, because you can't you actually legally can't sell that. It's also just weirdly it's it's a uh, like, it's on the rise. Ever since we made our first SCP yeah. sketch, it's like it's only gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. It's, it's really like it's, catching on suddenly now. Which is crazy because it's always been great. Right. So, and it's but, been
2: around for like. Better part of a decade, now, At least it's, I think it may be older than YouTube. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a that's a quick sudden update on things going on here.
1: In other news, I just watched the Ted Bundy movie with Zach Efron.
2: Oh yeah, is there, Super. is there a tie in here?
1: No, not at all. This okay. is, uh, oops, all tangents. Um, it was bad. I'm really disappointed in it. Really? Is it? Oh, really? The acting is fantastic but i think the way this movie was supposed to sell was from the perspective of his ex-girlfriend right cuz um, she wrote the book right cuz she mm. wrote the book but right. what it actually does is make Ten- ted bundy come across as a very likable charismatic extremely good-looking good boyfriend and lawyer and yeah. that's it doesn't it's
0: actually like, this is something it's, it's very interesting cuz it's very The book is a super nuanced take. Mm -hmm. The book is as as I've never read the book, but this is I was described to me once as this: it's somebody who was who found out about like you know Ted Bundy and realized that it wasn't anything like the Ted Bundy she knew, Mm. and so it was kind of like the whole the, the the theme of the book is is like, what the hell happened? Sort of right. like, it's a, it's not, it's not necessarily a sympathetic t- take, it's a shocked take. Right. And it's like, this is the Ted Bundy I knew, and so it's crazy that he's like this. Right. And there was a documentary that came out on Netflix, right. actually made by the same people who made the Zac Efron movie. It's That's sort interesting. of like a pair.
1: The Bundy hmm. files or whatever. Something thing. like yeah. that.
0: I, but, and so I think like, they, it's one of those things that I, I it's just kind of doomed to not work as a movie because mm. like you, if you're, if you're just portraying it, it's really really hard to get the like the shocked background take along yeah. with that because yeah. that's the whole problem that she went through.
1: Yeah, they definitely don't do a very successful job at that. And because a lot of it isn't like actually from her perspective, like they date in the very beginning but mm. he quickly ends up in and out of the, you know, the in and out of prison mostly right. for the entirety of the movie she is not there. So the implication that like I know that he's he's supposed to seem like a good guy throughout the whole movie because that's her perception of it. Mm-hmm. It does not come across. It just right. they just seem like Ted Bundy fans made a Ted Bundy movie, and it was really, really upsetting. That's actually and really just not disappointing.
0: I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really if you do it right. That's a really strong. This is like the what's right. it n- Nightcrawler or Night no, with, with Jake Gyllenhaal. Like if you're, he's playing a reporter. Oh yeah yeah it's yeah. supposed to like it's 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 supposed to be one of those things where you watch and you go. Wow, I'm right. so scared of this man because they they portray that that crack really well. Yeah. Um. But if you if you but that's a, it's a it's a danger with subtle filmmaking. If you fumble it, it just comes across like you're being punched in the face with the wrong perspective.
1: I think they just had to like, they just kind of had to like amp his character a little bit, but mm. they really kept him incredibly likable the entire time, yeah. and they never once sort of like let seep through the monster that Ted Bundy kind of was, yeah. which one, I think in real life probably came across a lot more. And two is in her books in some degree. Yeah, it is. And I mean, it was not in this at all. It like, was just pure love. The whole movie genuinely it was yeah. a love story.
0: The, the, the Ted Bundy, like, I mean, that's the, like the weird duality with Ted. And actually most of these like hyper successful, successful serial killers mm-hmm. is the idea that like, uh, it's, it's two parts them being unnervingly charismatic mm-hmm. and, uh, the other part of it is it's, uh, um, people who should have noticed something not responding.
1: Yeah. And it's like, yeah. and
0: that, that's, 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 what like we said, where the monster should see through right there on that. And the, the people like who are just flagrantly going, not my problem about something they could have saved, you know, tens of lives.
1: Yeah. I thought it was interesting in terms of like information. I mean, if he was that good of a lawyer, then I'm honestly surprised. Like they, they even, they even did such a good job at making him a lawyer that every time the jury decided that he was guilty, it was like shocking to me, not in like a, not in like a, oh, he's such a nice guy, but in like a, in like a, he, he's genuinely better than the guys arguing against him. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. He's making better points. He is a better lawyer. Mm-hmm. He is more charismatic. He is doing a better job at at being a lawyer than the people prosecuting him. Right. And then he, and then, it, so every time they were like, you've been found guilty, I was like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, I think it just
2: got the same thing. I've, yeah, I, I only overheard like the last episode or something a little bit. It was a
1: whole movie, but you heard overheard oh. the last like twenty minutes.
2: But yeah, I, I was like, I was thinking, I don't know the actual original story, so I was thinking like, oh, okay, he's gonna get off somehow and mm-hmm. then do more stuff, and then they're gonna have mm-hmm. to charge him again with new things or something. Right. But it didn't. They just lot. He. They just. They
0: just said he was guilty. Right. <laughs> which yeah, which see seemed weird. This is. I think this is a. a this this feeling you're talking about is part of, like, the Ted Bundy story, like, Mm -hmm. because he was representing himself was the deal, right? Right. And so, it's a... When people talk about this, they talk about how he was shockingly good at it. Right. But it's still, like, I mean, obviously he... He was found guilty, and like I mean, part of that—it's uh, like throughout history, like it's just—it's always been a mistake to represent yourself. Never do that. It's just—it's terrible. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> he it, did a it, great you know, job, but I mean, it, that's just—it's all—it's one of those like jury bias things, even. Yeah. Like everybody knows that you're not supposed to represent yourself, so when you do, people think you're dumb, and yeah. it doesn't like—it's just there have been people who, like uh, the few cases where it's actually really worked were like you know landmark. Like I believe, uh, it's I think it's Gideon v. Wainwright. This is the actually this maybe this is the guy who was in prison and realized he was just reading the Constitution and found out that he had an, a constitutional obligation, a constitutional right to a lawyer. Oh. And so he kept writing letters to the Supreme Court, and, and that's why we have public defenders now.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh. Huh. interesting.
0: But it's you know like that's the the whole idea is that like it is literally in the Constitution that you don't have to represent yourself. So
1: yeah, don't. No, I mean he would make. He would just so the prosecutors would obviously bring up some kind of point and he would refute their point almost perfectly. And mm-hmm. then they would kind of like pan around. Everyone appear would appear to agree. Even the judge appeared to agree. Like like they didn't do a good job at making I, I think setting up the scene in a way that makes any sense. It was yeah. basically just like they built this guy up. He's super awesome. He definitely didn't do these crimes. And then at the very end they were like, But he did, he's convicted yes. and it's like, wait, what did what did you want me to do with this guy? Like <laughs>
0: stupid st- stupid reality getting in the way of my effective storytelling.
1: <laughs> it was just really weird, and I, I I remember before it came out that there was like a huge controversy about it for like critics who had seen it because yeah. they just called it like a like a you know a disgrace to the victims because it's yeah. just basically yeah. a love story and really I mean they used Zach Efron to be Ted Bundy and it right. wasn't like a Christian Bale kind of thing. Which it I was thought Zac- was
2: going to be kind of cool. Actually yeah, really yeah. Was like, like, like it was a it was a good. Like it could have been a really interesting choice because they picked someone that well, okay. classically charming so to, if they had like to you know, clarify,
1: Zach Efron had the ability to dive that deep and that crazy yeah. and it almost like you can see it behind his eyes, they didn't let him. Yeah, I see and that, it's yeah. a real shame. This
0: is like this is like a, the same exact same thing with the Jake Gyllenhaal Hall thing. Or like I'm uh mm-hmm. uh oh I forget what my other example was, but yeah, I, 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 it's um that is a shame. I I was kinda looking forward to it being exactly that. But yeah.
1: No, it's it's well and so there yeah there was just all this controversy. Mm-hmm. And I I was mostly on the side of disagreement because I feel like you can make a serial killer out to be sympathetic without you know without, without glorifying them. right without glorifying them, but they, but they did. proved me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> they they this glorified is... him and the that the, the vi- literally the last 5 seconds are It's in, after the whole love story of a movie at the very end in white text, not even in the movie, but the text that comes over the, the ending of the movie says something like Ted Bundy was executed on this day, a few days before the execution, he, um, confessed to the murder of 30 women. What? They They expect that that into
2: like subtext at the end. And
1: then, and then, and then, you know, the screen goes black and then it says, these are the named victims of Ted Bundy and then lists all of them in white letters and so that's, I, that's suppose what they I suppose i supposed to be
0: going for like a stark dramatic point but no I, 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 that, 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 you have to be for like this for the white lettering on black field to work mm-hmm. you have to be feeling shocked at the moment yeah. Like yeah you have to be like this is like a Schindler's List thing like you have right. to like feel like when your soul's is drained out that's when the white the white letters work right. <laughs> if yeah. you're going hey I like that guy then you're like no all this white text is dumb <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, kind of. It would be like it would be it would it would be like watching like let's just use Civil War, right? Mm-hmm. Captain America and Robert Downey. Except that one has way more. Definitely
0: about the one with slaves, but that's okay.
1: No, 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 no. Let's use this example. <laughs> so, so that movie is way more nuanced in terms of attitude. But it'd be like you watch the entire movie, and then at the very end, the very end, it's like Captain America killed thirty people. <laughs> He was sentenced to this. He was sentenced to death on this day. These are his victims, and you're just like, what? <laughs> I mean, genuinely, that's the type of like. I'm not yeah. saying that they made him like a Captain America character, no, but the shock wasn't there. I wasn't, wasn't sure there. where you
2: were going with your point for a while, but I think you made the The shock well. wasn't
1: there. It was just confusion. Yeah. I wasn't like, what?
0: Nah, that's <laughs> too bad. I that no. Yeah.
1: No. <laughs> so don't watch it. It's not worth it. I told you everything.
0: <laughs> Tangenting onto um, uh, uh, unexpe- unexpectedly and perhaps unrewardedly amazing acting. I mm-hmm. finally got. I finally uh, watched *Good Omens*. Oh, oh okay, really? Yeah. I've been wanting to get yeah. to it. Is it good? So it's it's a very solidly cute. Okay. And it's it is the thing is it's very very faithful to the book, which I read on my plane right oh, okay. my plane, plane trips recently, and it's um the book is by Neil Gaiman and Patrick er, er, Terry Pratchett. Right. And Terry Pratchett is one of my longtime team. <laughs> what? Because it's a promising team. Oh yeah, and this is in 1990 when they were like uh, it's pretty early on in their careers oh, okay. actually. Um, but it's uh it's. The book is, the book is very, very good. The book is, so I saw a review of the series, which is like, what if the Armageddon were, were British? And that's pretty <laughs> much it. it's, it's about a demon and an angel who go, right. We kind of like the world. So what if we teamed up? Um, but uh, so David Tennant is amazing in it. Like yeah. sometimes. I've
1: seen clips. He looks fantastic in he, it. Like, he
0: looks like, cause you know, David Tennant is an incredible actor. Like yeah. he's just mm-hmm. like, he's a powerful actor. Mm-hmm. So there's sometimes when he, like the rest of the scene seems silly. Cause he's acting so well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he out acts the rest yes. of the production. It's like kind of a light and silly show. And sometimes it'll just get like to a depth that you're like, damn.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Now we got to watch it. <laughs> it's,
0: it's a, it's, it, it, it it has the same problems as The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie, which is because it's written very similarly. I, oh. like, it, it mm-hmm. Which is that... It's like uh, clever writing that doesn't translate very well. Yeah, so they have the voice of God narrating. Oh, okay. Which makes mm-hmm. sense, because God is a character in the book. So, but... It, and, and they have her kind of, like, uh, give a lot of the the footnotes and the things that are funny in writing. Which is just like how they had, like, The Hitchhiker's Guide say a lot of the stuff that right. was funny in the movie. And it's good. It, it It's... The issue is it just can't ever match the book, which is fine. It's still very worth watching. And it's only six episodes, so it's not like you're like losing a ton of time. I tonight. have
1: a great tangent off of this. Yeah? Yeah. So Kyle and I attempted to do, like, we've been throwing out different ideas for channel stuff and yeah. commentary stuff. And so we came up with this idea just to see, it didn't play out as well as we had it in our heads, yeah. but it was this idea that we would throw out either historical events or historical people and just kind of vaguely draw on, like, memories that we have of them to see if we can remember history even close to accurately. Oh, okay. So just, yeah. We're both terrible. So
0: we're drunk history. Yeah, yeah kind I, of. I need to um, show you drunk
2: history still, actually. Would have you, yeah. you yeah. seen drunk history? This? She hasn't. No.
0: Oh, my God. It's okay.
1: Ama- Sorry, but, go ahead. But I decided to pick Joan of Arc. Um, at one point, and it was, and and the reason I was able to draw on Joan of Arc is because I grew up watching the show Joan of Arcadia, which Kyle has not seen. Have I've never you seen even it? Heard
0: of it. I've, I, I remember the commercials. This is what if God was one of us, right? That's, yeah,
1: that was that's the theme song, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess kind of the point of the show to some, de- some, some degree. But um, but I was explaining to Kyle that it's like a it's like an ABC Family. Drama. It's yes. It's like it's like Dawson's thing.
0: Creek, but with a sling. yes,
1: <laughs> yes. But with like an angry sixteen-year-old girl playing the one that communicates with God regularly through like people that show up, and I just cannot get like I I want to rewatch the show. I know it's not as good as I remember. It's actually probably wasn't good when I was watching it, but I have so much like. Feel for it. Right.
0: Actually, I, I, it's, it's interesting because like so many shows I remember from back then
1: mm-hmm. aren't good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like
0: it's like Gilmore Girls is the only one that still holds yeah. up. I feel like And Gilmore Girls, even the first half of the first season's a little shaky. Like before yeah. the bef- before they decide to turn a bunch of the side characters into real people, right? Mm-hmm. Like remember when like the first like six episodes, Luke is actually just cardboard, like just <laughs> absolute cardboard.
1: <laughs> well. <laughs> You you had mentioned that like the the show was like solidly cute. Yes, and, I, and it, I immediately just started like popping up all these different examples of that in my head. Joan yeah. of Arcadia is definitely one of them. There was another one called and he didn't he didn't heard of it. I don't know if you have either, but it was called Dead Like Me.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's actually, I always get those confused, actually.
1: Yeah, because that's the one where the toilet drops on her from the sky right. and she dies. And then there's other things. Someone somewhere recommended to me iZombie. Was it you?
0: No. It I wasn't it me. Zombie was one of those <laughs> early ones that was on Netflix that was like one of their early, like, it was yeah. just always on my Netflix homepage. Yeah. I just would see
2: the posters and just shake my head and move on. It's right. the <laughs> idea that
1: you take a big concept and you turn it into like a... You 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 kind of like lean into the cheesiness of it, yeah. and you make it g- like the Good Place. The Good Place is the most successful version like, of this, taking right, this yeah. really broad, deep concept and then turning it into a network television right. show right, right. and it like, working. Yeah, and like, that's those are always the cutest shows. Well, you know?
0: it's like one thing I have that Good Omens does really well because it, it's I, you're right, it's, it's very easy to see it kind of turning that way. Is mm-hmm. Good Omens has a very definite like story arc. Okay, so it's, yeah. It's yeah, not actually important. a sitcom. It's that's a why, narrative. That's actually right. why The
2: Good Place works, too. Yeah. It sneaks it on you,
0: but, like, it yeah, has... Yeah, it's got, like to actually, a, like, a narrative thrust. Yeah. yeah. It's, um... And it's just, like, it's... It, it, Neil Gaiman helped with the with the, with the screenplay. Okay, like, it, good. it's good. It's, it's really cute. Like, the last, uh...
1: Sorry, I'm showing him a picture of Joan of Arcadia, okay. which oh. is the, just, like, like the most 2000s. classic, oh, yeah, like... Yeah. It's,
0: with all the lowercase letters and everything. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah, truly. But, um... Uh, there's it's kind of one of the saddest things. The last 20 pages of Good Omens are just interviews, like, uh, like basically writing r- responses that Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett did because the, the, the book's been re released continuously since 1990. It's a cult classic, okay. And so, they I didn't know it was that old, yeah. I, I didn't either because I've been sitting around forever, but no, it's it's that old. So, like, at, like the 10 year anniversary, they, they did like a re release with a bunch of like additional uh interviews with them and stuff, yeah. And so, the very last paragraph on the last page is talking about asking both of them. Uh, whether or not they think they'll ever be a movie adaptation. And their, their joint response is like, Neil Gaiman is hopeful, but Terry Pratchett doesn't think he'll, it'll ever happen. <laughs> and then he died before it happened. No. I mean, so he, his, his, the last sentence is like, he'll believe it when he's sitting next to Neil at the premiere or something. <laughs> so apparently on, for the premiere of Good Owens, they took his very famous hat and they set it with a bag of popcorn next to Neil Gaiman. Oh. Yeah. So sad. They also, like, this somewhere in the back matter of this book, they also gave, what I think is probably the, it's the only time I've seen uh, anybody try and, like, shade Douglas Adams because oh. Terry Pratchett writes in a style that is very similar to Douglas Adams in a lot of ways. I know
1: this name. Who is this name again? Terry Pratchett? Discworld. No.
0: No. Wait, Douglas Adams.
1: No, Terry Pratchett. Oh, okay. Terry Pratchett.
0: So it's. I mean, it's the Night Watch. Uh, he. It, it's Discworld is his big deal. Uh, did he do
1: it? Did he write books? Yeah,
0: I think I've heard his name a lot too. Is but he, I guess is not he? In-
1: um, is he? I don't know. Casey Johnson in the Lightning Bolts. I don't remember. It's that show that came out. <laughs> <laughs> that's, it was the movie with the guy black black hair blue eyes. were a whole group of them. They go around lightning. What? Who am I thinking of?
2: I know what you're talking about, what but I'm, talking I'm suffering of? from that thing where the second you give me the wrong answer, my brain can no longer pick up the. Actually, do you know one. why that
0: happens? Just because it no why. Is. So the idea is when you when you go when your brain goes into search mode, the first thing that it does is um it locks out things that aren't relevant. Yeah. And so if your brain does that poorly, or it just a little bit off, it it like because the, the number one thing that ai has a problem with is my it, brain does that so poorly right. all the time. It's like you <laughs> don't lock off the correct thing. Yeah.
1: Ah, what is this movie? It was like so so the movie what, with the which it, one It's boy with black hair, blue eyes and um They made one movie
2: off of it? Yeah, and, and the lightning lightning to the kid that like fights the greek gods or whatever. Yeah, oh, the lightning
0: thief. Percy Jackson. Percy, yeah. Jackson. Yeah. Oh, right. Percy Jackson, Percy Jackson,
1: and the Lightning Thief, or whatever. You could have just
0: said the one that made everybody take Latin for the last ten years. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I have
1: no idea what it yeah, is. It's,
0: it's a it's a huge influence on my career. Really. <laughs> did,
1: yeah. But like, did did Terry Pratchett write a series kind of like that? Like, did he do a young adult? Th- Not really no, young okay. adult. No. I don't know who he is. Then. Uh, I mean, I'm he's, lying.
0: he's like Discworld is his big deal, and it's it's, it's very that. it's written a lot like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay, but okay. so uh, the, uh, somebody uh, Neil uh, was right because they had they had them each write like a big long spiel about each other, which is very cute. And uh, at one point, he says, "People say that he writes like Douglas Adams, but the main difference is that Terry Pratchett enjoys writing books as much as Douglas Adams enjoyed avoiding writing them." <laughs> <And it's> like, <laughs> ow! Sounds, I mean, that sounds accurate. Right, me, it's so like, I- that hurt me <laughs> on a personal level because it's too true. <laughs>
2: Douglas Adams honestly seemed like the kind of he, he was he seemed like the same kind of writer that I was an animator, which is he must have really liked having the finished product, but didn't seem to like actually no, doing it. Actually,
0: this. this is this is specifically something Neil Gaiman said about Terry Pratchett. He's one of the few writers who, like, because uh, this is uh, the, there's a very famous George R. R. Martin quote about him saying that he he likes having written, but he hates writing. Oh yeah 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 him yeah. for sure. And and so Terry Pratchett's one of the few people who likes writing as opposed to likes having written. Yeah. Uh, which is why it, it was a shame because he, he died at like age sixty-four, from uh, a weird version of Alzheimer's that uh, made him go blind. It was wow. like it, it manifested through physical ailments as opposed to memory stuff. I didn't know it could do that. Yeah, it was, it's a, it was early onset, and it was. I mean, it It he lasted for like eight years or something. Yeah. But it was a, uh, it was a shame. Anyways, the book was fantastic. Well, cool. And so you should watch the TV show, because... Uh, oh, oh, that's another cute thing. So there's a bit... They, they, they have a gag where... Like, the idea is that these this demon and the angel have been there since Eden, and they've kind of, like, shepherded different parts of the world, and they eventually come to this arrangement where, like, they, they're always kind of helping each other out just, like, to cut down on paperwork. <laughs> and so they, they, there's this amazing sweeping cold open in the third episode that lasts for half the episode. It's just them meeting up through different points in history, oh, which nice. actually wasn't in the book, but Neil Gaiman kind of helped them write with it. Yeah. But so it's... uh they, They're meeting... Uh, during a rehearsal of Hamlet uh, Yeah Which is cute Because it's the first time That anybody has ever filmed a TV show Or like film In the actual Globe Theater Okay So they're actually in like The place that Hamlet was performed Yeah hmm. um, But it's also great Because like They're just like Wisecracking back and forth And at one point They get like They they do It's a pretty classic act Where one of the actors Says something And Shakespeare goes I like that I'm taking it but they had David Tennant say it. like he's done that before for Doctor Who, but right. because yeah. he has a very famous Hamlet adaptation. Yeah. So he just got to like go like all like into his Shakespearean Hamlet mode for a second. But <laughs> as like this demon with red eyes, it was great.
1: Have you even seen all the things that David Tennant does to show off his acting range? Ooh, or have you only like seen examples? Doctor
0: Who well we I
2: mean he's a Jessica Jones as the villain which is a pretty stark that's difference true. Exactly. Actually, I mean, that's true actually I forgot about Jessica Jones that's one of his best acting
0: roles to yeah. be honest
1: like, oh Broadchurch is really amazing.
0: And Broadchurch I is really Broadchurch good yet, but. Um,
1: it's I also, Jessica Jones level there's so. also
0: uh, Fright Night which is one of my favorite counterexamples it's, it's, a, it's a remake of a 70s movie it's a stupid horror comedy movie mm-hmm. and it's he just gets to play really light the whole time right. like, yeah, <laughs> like, so I, when I when I talk think about Davidson I don't usually actually think of like range, I think, of depth. Mm. Like, he doesn't always act super differently, but he acts, like, there's such a, he has such, like, a a well of acting he can go deep into. It's yeah.
2: just
1: so yeah. impressive.
0: Oh,
2: yeah. I also saw him in Harry Potter, but there wasn't a whole lot going on there.
1: <laughs> he was oh, pretty good in Harry Potter. Actually, it's kind of
0: good, funny, because it's, it's one of his, <laughs> like, he plays so many villains, and lots of his villains end up going, like, like, at some point. Like, <laughs> I know, I'm, yeah. I'm really I was glad, literally glad just that I saw that. him as the Doctor first, actually, looking back yep. on it. Hmm. Because
2: he does play mostly villains, aside from
0: that. Which is really great about this, because he's a demon who's trying to save the world. Yeah. You actually get some Doctor who moments where he's just like, ugh, fine, (laughs) I guess I'll save everything.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely, as soon as you mentioned Harry Potter, I was like, "Mm, good acting or just mostly hissing? (laughs) 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 But he did a uh, great job. (laughs) Let's
2: go talk about... are, we, so are we, we done are we done then go watch this show because i want to see it now sweet <laughs> all right we'll see you guys in superhero chicken fest bye <laughs> bye, bye.